This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I'm your host, Mike Jokum. Sarah is joining me while Frenchie gallivants all over, I don't know, whatever part of the world he is in right now. So Sarah is in Bali. Yeah, I was like trying to think of like where in the world that is. And I like totally blanked, you know, because I'm not uh, not cultured other than that. I know it's like a 24 hour flight, essentially. So I know it's like very far. So you should um acclimate yourself to a map, maybe. Maybe, but I'm tired and I am very ill prepared for this episode. So, you know, let's let's it's dive okay, right that's into what it. I'm here for. I have a, a question to start, and Sarah, you're gonna be the first one to see if you can come up with a, a good nickname. So this came up actually on the date I was telling you about this weekend. She was asking me, like, do fans of the show have like a nickname and her submission now her submission with the caveat of her saying i can do better let me think and i have not talked to her about it since then was mike and ike's and i was like okay that's a fun start um so you know and you don't have to think of this like you don't have to come up with an answer on the spot this is more of a i already have one i literally um, already have one okay continue which I think arguably Mike and X is funny for sure. Yes. But what if one day this show is acquired and somebody else takes over it? You can't just continue to be called Mike and X. That's, so, that's true. I hope that happens one day. That would, what about that, that would mean more money in my pocket. My caveat though, is that this is literally off the top of my head, like money on the spot, but I, yeah. I don't know if it's that bad. Okay. What do we think about parlay pals? Ooh, that's fun. Okay, I dig it. I love alliteration. Right. Yeah, I'm a big alliteration gal. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I think you could do definitely do better than Parlay Pals because it also gives me like Pirates of the Caribbean vibes, which is not necessarily <laughs> a bad thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's it's an option. Okay. Yeah. Well, everybody listening, please feel free to send in your submissions. I will circle back on this next week and maybe my date will have a different idea or or thought when when i talk to her later so we shall see but i guess we should talk about some racing indycar iowa's this weekend mac and i talked about it a little bit yesterday but sarah you had an interesting question to me beforehand and i'm sorry i don't have predictions Frenchie is slacking and did not text them to me like he promised. So, you know, we can solely place the blame on him. But what was your question? So 
Iowa, nothing too crazy happened besides mm-hmm. a flying wheel from our dear friend Stingray on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that I found was interesting was, of course, after qualifiers, that's one thing. But after the first race that Joseph won, which, as we all know, Joseph is, I think they called him the corn king of the yeah. track yeah. because he's good at Iowa. Um, he was he won both races to be fair but after the first race he was angry which i thought initially was very interesting watching the post race you know press interview and he didn't really spend much time talking about how excited that he was that he had won another oval especially following the 500 he wasn't ex- talking about how excited he was that you know he's seems to know iowa pretty well and he's pretty good at iowa he basically spent a lot of the time just talking on how much he disliked other people's driving throughout the race, which I can understand. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. It just got got me like a little bit curious of, is he just like such an aggressive driver, such like a, almost like he's not an aggressive personality. That's not even the right way to put it because he's not, but like he's fiery. We all know that he's so attuned to winning. He's a fiery competitor. Exactly. He's like, he spends every waking hour, every waking minute thinking about winning. Like we all know that that's his personality, but you would think that after he'd won, he would actually at least be excited about it. But he just spent a lot of the time complaining about other people when in reality, like it didn't affect his drive too, too much. Of course it affected a little bit for sure. Cause that's what racing is. But like, it's not like he got, bashed and had to come back up it's not like something really bad happened you know nothing really affected him so I don't know I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that so my initial reaction like in a like just think about Iowa is huh that's a little extreme but then if you think about it going back to mid Ohio when Peterson was way off the pace and Mm. causing some issues for some guys and then apparently Mm -hmm. Peterson reached out to a couple drivers apparently to be like, Hey, I'm, you know, my bad. And then I was listening to Rossi and Hinchcliffe on their podcast. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. And Alex Rossi was like, he didn't call me. So, you know, I think this is a, this isn't an Iowa specific issue that new garden is frustrated about. I know will power also didn't get a call. I, I don't think, I think that's what, Rossi said, I think this is a, you know, whether it's a a rookie or somebody who's been in the series for a long time, there is a a little bit of like a lack of respect thing going on. Like, okay, you you might not be a lap down to a field, the field, you might be only a lap down to the first two guys, but like, you also have to know your place. Like you're, you you don't have a winning car necessarily. So why are you trying to battle for the guy and you know, the guy who's in the lead? So I think I it's don't more think that's a, anything new this year, though. Like there's always there's always it's, been. It's definitely worse. This, like just from like watching the racing, like it's it's to me it seems a lot more like the Peterson thing. Like yeah, there's usually like one guy that yeah, happens to sure. every year. But sure. Iowa, you know what I saw? Like it's it seems like it's happening more and more this year. Like this isn't you know Mid Ohio wasn't the first time I've seen it other times this year where drivers just haven't been as outwardly vocal in tv or media or whatever so i i i mm. think that's where it's coming i know some people are like when joseph is whiny but like the dude is yeah he's a fiery competitor he's like ultra focused and you know when when he 
he's all of a sudden the last like year when he sees something that he doesn't think is right. He's like, I'm going to talk about it. Like it's not something that we're totally used to seeing with him, but I don't have an issue with it because if it solves a problem or at least gets to gets drivers talking great. If not, well, then we've got some interesting fireworks about to happen in Nashville, which is a place where there are guys that are going to be slow and missing front wings and missing rear wings and missing side pods and you know, shit. I'm sure some will be missing arrow screens by the end of, of the race on Sunday. That's an extreme exaggeration, but yeah. So I don't Can have I just tell you. Yeah. Sorry. I'm interrupting. Okay. I'm so excited for Nashville. Nashville last year was the first IndyCar race I, I ever watched that. because of yeah. you and Frenchie. And now, now I'm going to actually be there on behalf I, of you guys, which is like the most crazy thing in my mind. I am so excited to not go there this year <laughs> because I, listen, no, but not, the, I only, I only the theory say that. of like, Yes, I because know. you guys showed it to me and because that was my first race and you guys like were trying to convince me to come over into the IndyCar world from the F1 world from the other racing world. And of course, I was open minded, but I just like didn't really fully understand it. And then having just that full entire conversion happen this year where I'm like, holy crap, this is such better racing. This is yeah. like such a better product. I just like the people more like just having that full conversion over the past year come to this like pinnacle moment. Where I'll be there. I mean, without you guys, sad, fine. But still, like, I don't know. That's a special thing for me. So I'm excited about it. The, the only reason I say that is the walk, and obviously that'll change after this year, the walk from the media center to the to the track is just a bitch. And it's so hot. And I just, that is just not an, I, listen, I am not built for 100 degree heat. I really I just am just a miserable, miserable human being. So, mm. you know, I just... I, I will will 100% make sure to to try to go to Nashville when it's the season finale in 2024. Mm-hmm. So, or likely the season finale in 2024. And, you know, some of the track goes down Broadway, which if you've never been to Nashville is like the main strip where all the honky tonk bars and, and restaurants are and whatnot. So it's a really cool place. There's also like you could mm-hmm. go up like three or four floors in different bars and watch down on the track. So like that would be really cool. Assuming yeah. everything is open. I don't, you know, don't hold me to that yeah. one. But it's it's cool. But so let's talk about silly well, I've season. solved before we move on. I've solved yeah. for two of two of those issues that you have. Mm-hmm. The first is I live in Miami. So he yeah, is thank God. nothing yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So check fine um i mean i don't like it but check fine and then the second one is i have already bartered a space to work out of closer to the track okay smart a pit box slash garage so i mean obviously we have to go back to media center for like media bullpen or like post-race conferences and stuff but not like a million times a day and Having already done that, I bartered for that in um. What was the last race that I was at? Where was I just at Toronto? Toronto. I bartered for that in Toronto. So I I have made a space for the pit lane, gals and guys. If we're ever at a track that's far from the media center for the for the I, for I got the parlay it for pals. us for the parlay pals. See, it's already <laughs> coming in play. The parlay pals coming in play. Okay, I'll stop. Um. Okay. So on that note. <laughs> Silly season. I don't have a ton to like, I don't have a ton of thoughts yet because it's still early. 
But mm. Sarah, as I'm curious for, for your input on this, and this is the same question I asked Mac yesterday. So mm -hmm. Marcus Erickson is pissed off at Ganassi because they're not, they don't want to pay him. They want him to be a bring sponsor driver. I get that. Yep. Alex Pillow, he wants to do F1, so he's looking to get out. If if you're these mm. theoretically, I know there's a chance it could change. Um, but you know, we can't we can't speculate they on the answer speculation. differently to my questions. This is not speculation. Did you um, listen to the audio that I sent you of our, my interview with him? Yeah, but I forgot I already forget it. You know, that's that was like two weeks so, ago at this point. I asked Pillow in Toronto, would you rather be a dominant champion in a series like IndyCar or race in the middle of a pack of a different series. And his immediate response was dominate in a series like IndyCar. And that took me by surprise because yeah. I okay. thought he was going to say something finagled along the lines of like, I always want to win no matter what series, which like he kind of ended up going into. But sure. his first and gut reaction was I'd rather dominate. And like it wasn't even... They had to think about it. It's not that he gave like a sideways answer. It's not that he gave a non-answer. So I was on train. Polo is leaving for F1 because of all the shit show that happened last year. But now I'm not so sure. So part maybe two his then, heart has changed now that he's like been yeah. such a dominant winner. But okay, please. Part go. part two of my question, and this is with all due respect to the Arrow McLaren team, they're not as strong as the Ganassi team top to bottom. So like, are you Correct. if you're Polo, are you trying to like go back to chip and be like listen sorry i kind of like tweeted that shit last year like maybe we could like become best pals again and i'll buy you burger king for a year mm -hmm. uh, or McDonald's, i think whatever. chip would be chip. down for that because of how dominant polo has yeah. been agreed i think chip is gonna like check whatever ego or whatever crap what happened and just chalk it up to like Okay, he'd rather, I think it's also good for Chip and for the team and for their reputation if Polo actively decides to stay in IndyCar on their team versus going to F1. Like, that's a huge win for Chip, right? So yep. I don't think it's like a, do you think Chip will let him? I think it's a, you know, it's a win-win-win for most parties. However, that being said, now that Lando's performing so well and the McLaren upgrades have come into play, that could change... Pillow's answer because that has happened since I asked him that question. But I mean, no offense to Pillow, but Lando, I'm assuming, is on a long term contract. I, I'm pretty sure he signed Correct. an extension last year. Correct. Yeah. So it'd be Piastri. And, but Piastri, like, I know he's he's a rookie, but you know, he finished what P3 in Hungary? He's not doing bad. No, he didn't yeah. finish P3 in Hungary. He finished P3 in um the one before. They were they oh, double P4, podium. P4. Yeah, 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 yeah. The race before. Yeah. So I mean, anyway, he's not doing bad. Don't get no, me wrong. So no. I think it's a mixture of that stuff, right? It's Piastri's performing, Pelot's dominating. Yes, McLaren has the upgrades and they've been doing well in F1, in F1 which could yeah. excite Pelot so he's not running in the middle of the pack. However, there's too many things going right. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's the whole point of silly season is there are too many things going right. Yeah. So you have to F it up. But, you know, I think it wouldn't be the craziest thing if you were to stay with Chip. I think it would be the smart decision for him. I think a lot of people in the industry agree that it would be the smart decision for him to stay for at least another year, if not two, until McLaren F1 figures out what they can really do with their car and what they want their driver lineup to look like. 
But that being said, silly season is silly season for a reason. And that all goes out the window and nothing ever makes sense. So we'll see. Fair. Okay. Moving down to another team. Andretti looks like they're going to lose Grosjean because I don't know with his recent form if he'll be back. Devlin is definitely out. Potentially in is Marcus, which I guess makes sense. And then maybe Cal Myla, maybe Felix, maybe co-host Malukas are all kind of Mm -hmm. potentials there. Is there one guy that you like my I would really like to see Callum Isla there and everybody knows what everybody knows my struggle with trying to get certain drivers on the show this year so that is why I don't want other certain drivers to go to Andretti right now Mm, but interesting yes what do you Um, think I mean I definitely want to see Colin and Kyle stay I think Colin and Kyle are kind of like the two big faces for them and you know I I really like them with Andretti I think they're great ambassadors for Andretti. I think they kind of loosen Michael up as it comes to some of the press stuff because they're so good at it, um, which is like a win-win for the entire team. Yep. Sad for Roman to be leaving, but also obviously understand in some degree. <laughs> Sorry, babes, but peace out. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to yeah. miss you. No, um, no. I don't know. I think Callum could be cool. Okay, you know, this is this is a hot take and just take it okay. for what you will. I know that it is a very, very, very high likelihood that this is Harvey's last year. I get that. I Jack is not the brightest driver on the grid. Well, not brightest, not the best driver on the grid, right? Um, but I I I still think if he like got in the right car, some part of me is like he could do well. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I, but maybe it's just because I really want him to do well because I know he's a good person. Right. But that I think that could be kind of cool to see him in something other than an RLL because obviously RLL is I love I love the team. They're a fantastic team. It's not the place. Kathy's fantastic. Jacob is fantastic. But I it's hard for any driver to succeed on that team with yeah. that car and that setup. So I don't know. I'd really love to see Jack stay, even though it's likely that he's not going to be staying. You know, Sadly. that is an interesting, would be an interesting seat for him to get into. I, I I feel like it's like one of those like unlikely, but would be really cool. And I really like Jack. Jack is probably one of the first, actually Jack and, and Joseph were kind of the first two IndyCar drivers that were like incredibly friendly to us years ago when the podcast was still relatively mm. new but yeah i listen kirk was not going anywhere colton's not going anywhere as long as there's no you know andretti f1 or whatever yeah. but well but that wouldn't be till 2026 anyway so we have to yeah go. yeah fair point so and i think that colton and or kyle would be going onto those teams i think okay. andretti would want to keep colton and kyle on until then to make the transition into f1 Considering, I think, I know Colin has tested, I'm pretty sure Kyle's also tested in F1. I has might not. be wrong on that. Has not. Okay. But Colin has, right? Correct. A couple really? Times. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Colin did. Colin has at least twice. So yeah. two two okay. more to get to, and then we'll we'll move on. Yunkos. I find okay. Yunkos a very interesting spot because they started off the year with so much hype. Then they kind of faded. Mm. And Iowa, they were not bad. They were decent at least from a result standpoint 
I lot, like I mentioned, he's kind of being looked at by a lot of teams. I think he's like the prime candidate to be the next, you know, the next guy to kind of make a jump into a big team and, you know, start doing yeah. really well or, you know, start winning and podiuming and whatnot. Canapino, I, I think needs needs another year before he can get to that point, but he's not bad. But what? But what he's been doing fantastic. Yes, Augustine is like a fantastic sure. talent. That is that anything I say of like him doing decent is only because he just doesn't have the experience. That is not like a yeah, knock on his talent. For sure. But what for sure irks me about you and Ghost is they got rid of a couple crew maybe in the last mm-hmm. three weeks, and then they lost one indie lights driver they fired another indie lights driver i don't know why it was very the the where the wording of the press release was very like we canceled his contract k by so mateo nanini got mateo nanini oh, got canceled that, yeah. so that was interesting but every time it seems like yunkos gets momentum the same thing happened like the end of last year i think or the the year before like they fired like a ton of crew at the last minute so it just seems like i i just don't quite understand how they're running things and kind of concerns me long term about who they bring in but they do have a full sponsor now pay.com or whatever so you know they are making i was gonna say do you think it's budget related or do you think it's something similar to like RLL, they just made a ton of changes internally, but they've been succeeding massively because of it. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. I say succeeding massively lately, but like right. because of the changes that RLL made internally, they had a big uptick in success as it comes to certain parts of their car that were being hindranced before. Do you think Yuko's, Yuko's base might be in the same vibe or it's just still questionable? I would say questionable. Only because it's happened like more. It's happened a couple times now, and that's what leads me to like just not be sure. Okay, last one. Yeah, last one. We'll go down here. I'm kind of skipping around to some of the the other ones. We're like, we're gonna skip Foyt. We're gonna okay. skip. We're gonna skip Meyer Shank because some of those are like pretty obvious at this point. Fine. We can we can skip Dale Coin because you know it could at this point be two new indie lights drivers there what do you think about um, the um carpenter boys that's literally the last one i wanted to get to so vk is staying you know he's right. not going anywhere he's under contract hunter ray yeah. i i don't see hunter ray doing a full season there i think this is more of a like a bandage because ryan is really good at setting up a car and he has tons of experience so i think he will pay off in terms of like hey this is what you guys need to do for the future even if it doesn't pay off in in the short term, which I is fair. I have yeah. no issue with that at all. Ryan Hunter Ray is a super smart guy. But like I think yeah, that would I be a, a, a good place for or an interesting place for Malukas. They you know, Malukas has shown in two years he's very strong at the ovals. Go to a team that's very strong at the ovals, have a shot to win the 500. Problem is they've been pretty garbage on the road and street courses since October 2021 when VK won at the doubleheader at IMS that fall. I think it was 2021. It might have been 2020. Yeah. I don't know anymore. But yeah, I think that's the other place you could look at like a Linus Lundquist full time next year or I don't know, Jack Harvey. What's if- um VK's contract? 
I have no idea, but I know he signed an extension at some point. Okay. Cause I was going to say, point. I could even see him getting into a, a better team. I think he wants up. to, I think he wants to. And I think like yeah. this time next year, he'll be like the Marcus Erickson of like, Hey, I'm going to jump to a, a big team or I'm sorry, an eye lot being like, I'm going to jump to a big team. But yeah. I, I don't think he'll do that now because he's, I'm pretty sure he signed a contract extension like last year. He still makes some stupid mistakes sometimes. Yes. For as 100%. talented and as good as he is, I think he still has like a little bit more to learn and grow before he makes that jump. But I can see him making that jump not for next year, but the year after, just as you said. Yeah. Okay. We're going to sw- totally switch gears here. We're going to talk about Spa for like 40 seconds and towards the end of the episode because we already know who's going to win. I want your opinion on the F1 Academy ties in 2024. Uh. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo Jo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. Before I give um, my yeah. thoughts. Yeah, 100%. So obviously super exciting. Um, should have happened already. For sure. Like, yep, it, yep. I think this year F1 Academy, honestly, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of pulled in a few ways. Part of me is like a lot of things didn't happen for F1 Academy this year because they just launched it way too late that they couldn't coordinate in time. Like they couldn't do the broadcasting deals. They couldn't get the teams signed on. They couldn't set up a lot of things that just genuinely should have been set up before they launched it. So then it was like a clear thing when you launched it versus when they launched this last year, everyone was kind of like, what the heck is this? Why is W series gone? Is this replacing W series? Like there's just way too much confusion around it. And I think it's because F1 Academy themselves just like didn't have their ducks in a row, but they wanted to get something out there, which is not the best way to launch things. However, that being said, I think they have learned so much in this trial season. And I think this trial season was really important for them to learn a lot of these things so then next year the first proper year and in my mind the first proper year of launch because of the teams because of the broadcasting rights because of everything else it should be great like it should be what it was supposed to be and it's unfortunate like coming again coming from like this like marketing perspective because it had such a rough start i don't know if a lot of people are going to give it 
the credit that it deserves next year when it's real. Um, but it's as soon as it's organized properly and well and has F1 teams and F1 themselves use it even as of starting today, like not a lot of people know that F1 Academy, yes, it's technically under F1, but like it's not really like it's own subsidiary. It's run by itself. It's like a completely different team than the F1 team. So while it has quote unquote F1 support, it's kind of its own thing in the same vein. Um, and so because of that, because of this new announcement today, we are seeing a lot more F1 direct involvement. So like I got a press release direct from F1 about it, which I had never gotten a press release from F1 about F1 Academy before. They've never published anything. They've never released, like they posted on maybe once or twice on their socials, but like they took it on their socials. They took it on their press releases. They have it like featured on the app. It's like kind of a solidified partnership now as of today, Yeah. Um, which is all good things and good movement forward. So I still think at the end of the day is female on free female racing and having their own bubble the best way. No. However, it gets more women on track and it gets more women track time. And if that supports women's growth in this sport, I'm not going to complain about it, you know? So my only question and my biggest concern isn't necessarily a question to you. It's just mm -hmm. like, general is like the w series was for the most part like it didn't really lift up any of the women drivers anywhere i guess you could say like jamie chadwick got into indy next because maybe of her success mm -hmm. but other than that the other drivers who i were... think absolutely because of her success i mean yeah, okay. i think jamie yeah. chadwick chose to go to indy next because she won w series three years in a row and so the whole point, well, okay, W Series and F1 Academy are different things. They're completely run by different people. They're launched by different people. A lot of people think that it was one was came in to replace the other. But in reality, they were just completely separate entities. F1 Academy was always something that they had planned of doing actually in tandem of W Series. It was not meant okay. as a replacement. But the difference was supposed to be they were supposed to run in tandem F1 Academy was supposed to be, and again, this didn't exactly come to fruition, but F1 Academy was supposed to be bringing together younger girls. So like 10 to 15, 10 to 16 years old, 12 to 16, whatever that looks yeah, like. Yeah. The younger group, give them track time because a lot of girls and women that age don't get access to track time. So give them funding, give them track time. And then W Series was supposed to be like the F3 equivalent. Yep. So that's, yep. you know, F1 Academy is F4. W Series is supposed to be F3 equivalent. So they go, do they graduate from F1 Academy to the W Series and or F1 Academy straight to the form of the ladder, however, right. which way that works, right? So F1 Academy was supposed to be a ladder to W Series, which was a ladder to higher formula racing. Obviously, with the bankruptcy of W Series, that didn't happen. Because of the bankruptcy of W Series, all of those girls were out of seat. Yeah, of course, yeah. all applied to F1 Academy, and most of them just ended up moving to F1 Academy. So it just F1 Academy ended up becoming this weird replacement of W Series, but at a lower car level. So, for example, Marta Garcia Lopez, yeah. she ran in W Series. She did well. She yeah. she did fine, but she wasn't nearly as competitive as she's like bankrolling F1 Academy right now. Yeah, but that's because she just spent the last 
whatever, two years driving an F3 car. Now she's driving an F4 car and whipping everyone's butts because she had that time, right? She had all the learning. She had that experience. So I don't know. That's my answer to that. It's like they're, they're inherently we're supposed to be different things. F1 Academy is supposed to be targeted towards younger girls. Now it's really just everyone the same age and it kind of became a replacement of w series but now again with that direct involvement from f1 w series was kind of ish in the same vein that f1 academy has been in where like when they were a support series for f1 they had to abide by all of f1's rules but they were not financially supported by f1 in any capacity actually f1 charged them money so that's also a key core difference um I don't know. I think it's definitely all movement forward. It's a lot of learnings. Not everything is done perfectly, but at the end of the day, like nothing will ever be done perfectly. And hopefully these learnings will make the series grow into what it should be. All right. We are going to leave that there because I have nothing to add that will sound any (laughs) any little bit smarter. So there's really not too much interesting F1 news. Alpine has a new floor this weekend. Great. I'm sure the old drivers will still crash into each other somehow. So Hey, spot- last week was not spurred by them. It was spurred no, by no, Joe's no, no. anti-stall. Okay. Yes. yes, I know. But I just, I, Alpine is the most disappointing team to me this year right now. So it's Gasly and Esty Bestie forever. Uh, listen, right? I love Gasly. Esty Bestie, you know, we're, we're going to be on the fence about him for a long time. But the most you've disappointing, been warning up to him. Mm, the most disappointing fact about admit this weekend, you've been warning up to him. I'm not. Okay, I'm not letting you continue until okay, you admit that you're warming bit. up to him. Because when we first him. met, you were very him. anti-Esteban, yeah. and now you don't dislike him. So I think I'm rubbing off on you a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Sarah oh. is aggressively okay, fist pumping like she is at the Jersey Shore <laughs> on a Friday night. So, Jim Tan laundry, baby. So the most disappointing fact about this weekend (laughs) is it's a sprint race weekend. And I unfortunately have plans and cannot watch the sprint race. So I don't really care. And Sunday, I might also have plans, but the race is at 9am on Sunday. So Sarah, let me write this down somewhere. So I don't forget who is having a good weekend. Um, Okay, so for context, you said it's gonna rain, right? Uh, at the last weather report I saw was rain. Let me look that up. Okay, so basing off the assumption it's rain and in spa, which is like a mess on top of a mess. Yeah. That could be interesting. I mean, Max is definitely going to win for sure. <laughs> yes. But we can't, no Red, Red um, Bull cannot be used in the who's having a good weekend. What? Okay. It's, it's cheating. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Spicy, spicy. Yes. There's um, still a, you know a chance of rain this weekend all every day. I'm going to, I'm going to stick to the Lando train because we know he does well in wet Yep. and the McLaren upgrades. So okay. I have high hopes actually for Lando, Lando pop. I am going to take Fred Alonzo because that's Ew. also the last person I took when you and I made predictions together and I don't have to type it out. Anything else? So who's having a bad weekend? My gut literally just said SD Bestie, but I'm not answering that. That's not my final answer. Okay. I just wanted you to know that that was my gut. So uh, as much as I love him, I I'm going to write down Ocon, um, her gut. You know what? Who's going to have a really bad weekend? Literally pick a name out of the hat of the Ferrari boys. 
because but Ferrari they are just keep getting f and I feel like that's just a safe bet. Yes, especially for Spa. I don't know. I just feel like that's a safe bet that they're going to get effed. I will take Magnuson. Whether it's his yeah, fault I think or that's not. a safe bet too. Yeah. Okay, so now we are going to do a fun one, and since there's a chance of rain this weekend, we will do. Uh, during the race, how many times will they mention that Spa 2021 got rained out? The number is six and a half. <laughs> will we have more or less than that? Now, for for oh my god, to rem- to remind you, when we did this for Miami and the Marina mentions, it was way under the number we picked. Facts, that's real. Um, I totally forgot about Spa. Spa was actually, I remember specifically, I was still living in Philly. It was COVID, obviously. Yeah, and. I was sitting in my apartment. I had it on the TV and I actually had my FaceTime up and I was FaceTiming with like my group of like six F1 friends and we we're all going to watch it together virtually. And we sat on FaceTime for four hours, obviously, because um, of the whole mess. And I think it was like six hours, actually, because yeah, of like the mess that it was. That was the last race I watched in my old house, you know, before like certain things happened and I had to move. Yeah. So... Yeah, Good. I didn't remember that. Great, great signs. Great signs yeah. for everyone. Yeah. We 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 had a banner. Um, we had a banner weekend. Okay. So six point five. Will we have more mentions of twenty twenty one or less? I'm gonna say okay, well, now that it's actually raining. If it wasn't raining, I would say zero, but sure. since it's yeah. gonna be raining, I guess it depends on and I know this isn't the answer you want, whatever. This is how no. my brain works. In my mind, it depends on obviously how hard it's raining if it turns into a red flag same scenario they're gonna mention it six times but i still don't think they would mention it the only reason why they'd mention it over and over is for like new people tuning in if they have a red flag for an hour and a half like they did before that's the only instance in which they would mention it more than six times so i'm gonna go with under okay just to be different i will take the over even though i do let the records show agree with you that it will likely be under well, but, last time I said it, the marina was going to be over and you said under to yeah. disagree with me and you got it right. Yeah, so maybe I'm just bad luck for me. Good luck for you. Maybe. That, I'm, I can live with that. That's that's quite okay. On that note, we have nothing left. We'll be back next week to talk about this. We'll be back to talk about previewing Nashville. When do you leave for Nashville? I leave for Nashville. I leave for Nashville actually on Tuesday because I'm going to okay. be there for a full week. So I'm there August 1st to August 7th. Ooh, okay. Because I've never been to Nashville. This is my first uh, time. It's it's. So I listen, figured I'd go a few days early. I, I dog the track, but I've probably been to Nashville like non-IndyCar related like four or five times. And I'm not a country music fan. Like I don't care about country music in the slightest. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's really fun if you need a list of like the good barbecue places to check out if that's your thing or whatnot just yes. remind me over the weekend and i will get the list from one of my friends who lives down there okay Toodles. yeah so anyone who's listening if you yeah. have suggestions on places to go things to do things to see whatever find me on twitter um I think I'm at Sarah Love two underscores. I look at my Twitter when I get notifications. Okay. So I'm not on Twitter when I don't have notifications. (laughs) But find me on Twitter and we can like start a thread there or something. Oh, actually threads. I kind of forgot about threads already. Rip. Um, 
And I want to know all the suggestions. Or if you're going to be at Nashville even better and you want to meet up, you want to say hi, you want to do something, hit a girl up and we can hang out. Yeah. All of that fun okay. stuff. Go say hi. Remember, let me know if you have a name like Mike and Ike's fan club or, or the Parlay Pals. Parlay Pals. So I yep, really like Parlay are... Pals. If if I can get two more two more like good suggestions, I will put a Twitter poll out over the weekend. Love. Okay. On that note, Amazing. everybody have a good weekend. Toodaloo. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!